Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, May 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined, as always, by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, we have a very special guest coming on uh, in, a, in a few moments here. The Indians, uh, the voice of the Indians, the, the radio voice of the Indians, uh, Tom Hamilton, 31 years in the booth with the, with the tribe. And, and geez, you, you guys have been around, uh, you, you've been around for all of them with, with Hammy, right? Yeah, Hammy's the best. He, uh... When 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 I've got an off day, Joe, I listen and I listen to him on the radio. He gets me fired up, man. <laughs> I still listen to his uh, home run call, uh, you know, the the walk off by Giambi in uh, 2013 against the White Sox, and I feel like uh, running through a wall or something. It's he, he he's very good at what he does. Right, and uh, I I think we're you know in in Cleveland we've been lucky and 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 sort of blessed to have just all these the the play by play guys and in, in all the sports that we've had. We had Joe Tate for so many years, and Joe Tate was was the greatest I thought uh, NBA uh, announcer just ever that you could hear. Uh, he he was the, the best, and and Tom Hamilton taking over for Herb's score. You know, Herbie it was in a class of his own, but but Tom was Tom's just become just sort of that that you know you're used to that feeling uh, when you're sitting there listening to Tom, even if you're walking the the concourse at the ballpark. Uh, like like when we get a chance to to pop out of the uh, the press box and you can hear him just echoing through the hallways uh, at, at the park, it, it's just a, a relaxing, comforting feeling and something that, that those of us in, in Cleveland really need right now is is a is a little more Tom Hamilton in our lives. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to to talk to Tom and get his take on where baseball is and and where the Indians are and and even we'll we'll uh, touch on a little bit of. Uh, Terry Francona and Michael Jordan and, and a little bit of that. So uh, really looking forward to, you know, a few minutes of just, just being in, in, in Tom Hamilton's universe. So uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by Tom Hamilton here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, we're joined by Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Indians. 31 years in the booth, Tom. And this is going to be a season like no other if we ever get to one. Great to, great to have you. What's it been like being in, in isolation for you uh, th- this entire time? Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you, Paul. I, I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, it's it's like everybody else. You know, it's Groundhog Day. You wake up in the morning, and, you know, I know we're only talking two months. Literally, that's kind of what it's been. But it sure feels like it's been longer than that. And um, and then again, when you start thinking that way, 
you, you better stop and be very grateful for what you have and what you're not dealing with. I mean, it, it's hard to watch the news at nights, uh, both locally and nationally, because you're like, you almost feel guilty that you haven't been impacted like some of these people have been. So, um, you know, like all of us, I think we just want to, you wish there was an end game where you knew when we were turning the corner or who to believe or, you know, what the future is going to hold. But I, I think it again drives home the point how little control we really have in life. Yeah. Right. Uh, Oh, go on, Joe. Go on, Joe. Well, I was just going to ask you, you know, we, we've seen uh, just in the last couple of days, uh, you talk about an end game, you talk about, you know, maybe something to look forward to the, the proposal that's going before the, the players union. Uh, In fact, today, uh, what's your take on, you know, just the effort to get these, these games going and, and get things moving and making some sort of progress? Well, I, I know this has been at the forefront. I mean, they discuss it every day. Um, whatever options all of us have thought of or maybe even recommended, somebody did it three weeks ago, <laughs> you know, because yeah. their, their think tank is such that, you know, they've been on this – almost from day one and, and rightfully so it, it's I don't know guys maybe I um because it's my career I always feel like how does baseball always seem to get the worst end of this I mean <laughs> the the NFL isn't touched by it um the NBA and the NHL for the most part 80 to 90 percent of their season was done except the playoffs the sport that's really impacted is baseball when you talk about you know, there's no money coming in and, until you start playing games. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so what this is going to look like, I think we're playing at some point, Joe and Paul. I think they feel like they have to, not only from, you know, a partial financial reason, but, you know, I think the country needs it. I think everybody agrees that that would be huge. And, guys, I think going forward, I mean, no matter when this ends, even if this were to magically disappear, like some have predicted, uh, say by Christmas. The impact on this is going to be for not only baseball, but for all of business, years and years. So I think it's important that we play at some point if you can get tests and not impact the general populace with those tests. In other words, baseball can't get the tests and other people in the, the, the working world can. But if that all comes to fruition, uh, then please tell me that money isn't going to be the hang-up. Because if it is, um, that would be the worst public relations fiasco in the history of this game. And we've, we've had a few. <laughs> there have been a few, yes. That would be – that would you, you hit the nail on the head, Hammy. If the, if the owners and players are going to wrestle over money and, and the season yeah. gets torpedoed by that, that, that is a black mark that will not go away. Yeah, I agree, Paul. And, and – um, the one thing I'm always kind of puzzled by is, and, you know, maybe, again, we're more attuned to baseball because that's what the three of us are involved in. But, boy, we, we seem to do a lot of our negotiations in public or there are a lot of opinions in public, um, you know, from whichever side you're looking at it. You know, some way, somehow, the NFL players who never seem to be happy with their labor agreement came to a 10-year term on a new labor agreement and and it just seemed like it happened um there was some squabbling about it but at the end of the day it's over with done with and you know, i don't think this does 
either side any good to negotiate in public. They always say that, and yet they're always negotiating in public. So I, I don't get it. And, uh, you know, I, I think if nothing else, this pandemic is going to create for a much different CBA agreement at the end of 2021, I, uh, or 2021, I'm sorry. Um, some way, somehow, to me, this model isn't working anymore. And it, there's got to be a different way, and there's, there's got to be some kind of conclusion that's way beyond my grasp. But I just don't see another agreement coming with the same parameters that we currently have. Yeah, is, is, there an, is there an aspect of this proposal that's being sent to the players right now that intrigues you, uh, whether it's the expanded playoffs or, yeah. uh, you know, the possibility of a universal DH or, or you know, reshuffling the, the – realigning the schedule in some way? Anything there just sort of grab you? I think all of the above, Joe. Um, I think this is the one year that in a traditional sport, unlike any of the other sports – where tradition seems to make more of an impact and matter more, I think that goes out the window. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever going to experiment with different ways to play the game or divisions or playoffs, now's the time. Look, this isn't a normal season. We're going to have, hopefully, a champion crown. It's not going to feel the same, no matter what we say. But once you get in, you know, and Paul covered us back, you know, in 95, I don't know of anybody in Cleveland that felt like the 95 season was truncated or was there an asterisk to it because of the way that season went in the playoffs and the World Series. I know it's different than this one, but at the end, for the teams that get in it and get involved in the playoffs, it's going to have great meaning to their fans. But I, I, everything you talked about, Joe, I, I think it's interesting we're only going to play the National League Central you know, and, and the American League Central, obviously. Selfishly, if we get to travel, wow, that's a that's a cakewalk. You know, yeah. Ollie's only going to have to make, you know, three transfers if we go to Minnesota <laughs> and uh, we, Cincinnati. We get to go to Milwaukee, Hammy, with the milkshake machine. <laughs> a milkshake machine? What about a milkshake machine in Milwaukee? What, what's... If we go to Milwaukee, Hoinsey and I have set a league record for malt shakes and brats, because I'm from Wisconsin. Paulie went to Marquette, played rugby there. We we've gone to the same bars. Uh, so Hoinsey and I want Milwaukee on the schedule. But I, you know what, guys? I I like the expanded playoffs. I like the best of three instead mm -hmm. of the sudden death. Um, so I, I think we've got to look at. Some way, you know, I heard Michael Jordan say this the other night, and I, it was astounding. I think everyone's watched The Last Dance, mm -hmm. where the bitterness of his father's murder, he did not dwell on. He said, you got to look to the positive. My mom said, we have to look to the positive. And I was like, your dad's been murdered, and that's your approach? Oh, my God, that's unbelievable. And so to me, instead of looking at what we've lost here, Let's look at what we can gain out of this. What might we get that makes our game better? Well, it's a, a you know it's a good transition there. You, you bring up Michael Jordan in the Last Dance. I do want to uh, you know touch on that. Uh, it was was it weird to see uh, a 33 year old uh, Terry Francona uh, in in some of these clips of, of him coaching? I believe it was the the Fall League was the the clip that they showed where Jordan hit the yeah. triple. 
and, and him calling Jordan homie. That was just, just strange. But it was great to see Barney and, and Tito get their, like, 15 minutes of fame there on the last – Everybody is watching this documentary, and there they are decked out in tribe gear on this, uh, on this broadcast. You know, what is funny, too, Joe, and, and, and Paul knows this, but those of us that have been around Tito now since 2013, um, I can't tell you how many stories he and I have talked about that we could never put on the air <laughs> that involve his time with Michael Jordan, you know, and, uh, and managing him in Birmingham. And... None of them are bad stories. They're they're probably maybe <laughs> X-rated some of them, but are or you know it's just um, everything that you have heard Tito say. He's talked about you know since he became the manager here, and you think of and it tells you something about Tito too. He wasn't awestruck by Michael Jordan. Jordan's the greatest player in the history of the game. Tito's a Double A manager. Tito was a great player until he got you know his career destroyed by knee injuries. I mean. You know, it's funny when Kent State went to Omaha. You're 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 looking at the College World Series record book. Terry Francona's in the record book for most consecutive hits and at bats in the College World Series. Really? It was like seven or eight at bats in a row that he had base hits. Right. He led Arizona to a national championship. Second round pick, a bonus baby, was going to be a big time player and star with Montreal until you know the injuries curtailed that. And yet, you know, here he is, a, a double-A manager, not intimidated by Michael. He kept always saying, he, he said stuff like, like when Barkley and some of the NBA friends would come mm-hmm. to a ball game and come into the locker room, Michael would always ask Tito ahead of time, is this okay? I don't want to be doing something other guys aren't allowed. Uh, Tito would say, Barkley would stick his head in the manager's office and say to Tito, hey, are we doing Okay. I don't want to be disrespect. And it was like, Tito's like, that told you something about the character of those guys. They didn't just come in and say, we're NBA yeah. stars, whatever. Right. Uh, the competitiveness of Michael. I mean, the fact that Michael said to Tito, you know, we've been there in the minor leagues. Those bus rides aren't fun. And, and Michael was like, you know, do we ever fly? And Tito's <laughs> like, no. And kind of concerned that, uh-oh. What's this going to be? And then he's like, well, then do you mind if I get us a better bus? And they had like four choices of cruise liners to pick from. And all Michael had to do was sign the door of the bus. And they had that right. bus for the whole year. Right. And so he really became just one of those guys, wanted to be one of those double-A players. And, um, you know, Tito maintains, and I think we all heard it, that, you know, he would not have been a star in the major leagues. But, you know, he would have made it eventually because of his determination and work ethic. And you think of it, guys, and, you know, I two sons that played D1 and both played in the minor leagues. The How hard it was to go from college baseball to minor league baseball mm-hmm. and be playing at the rookie level or, in, in Nick's case, A-ball. This guy hadn't played baseball for whatever, 14, 15 years is playing mm-hmm. double-A. And as you guys know, a lot of times the double-A prospects are better than the triple-A. Right. So for him to do what he did, I don't think people realize how incredible that was. Yeah, it, yeah that's it, tough. Tito said, you know, for him to hit 200 and drive in 50 runs, he said they had prospects on that roster that didn't drive in 50 runs, and it was, you know, just yeah. a credit to him. Uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, Barkley and those guys would, would be sticking their heads in. Uh, these were guys coming off the dream team. They were 
two years removed from being on the dream team, the most recognizable athletes in the world. And here they are in Birmingham, Alabama. That, that was just insane. And all of them very happy that Michael had retired because they all felt like now they had a chance to win an NBA title. They truly did. With Michael gone, that helped their chances because, guys, you wonder, although maybe he was so burned out, could they have won eight in a row? I mean, it's pretty incredible to think of what they did. Well, it, it, just, puts, it just puts another asterisk next, another asterisk next to another Houston championship or two championships there. The, the two that the, uh, the Rockets won were, you know, without Michael Jordan in the league. So. Right. Hammy. But at least um, that Houston team didn't cheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hammy, I was just wondering, if, if the season does start and you're working the games, do you have any concerns, health concerns, about going to the ballpark and, and calling the games? I mean, is that in the back of your mind at all? I haven't really thought about it, Paul. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I'm in that age group that, you know, it can be Me much too. more serious. Yeah, and uh, um, I haven't thought that because I kind of feel like, Paul, if – I just think that if they're, they're going to open this up, you know, yeah, anything can happen. Um, you know, if you go into the grocery store, you could get it. Sure. You know, it's kind of the way I look. I think we're going to be more in a more safe environment probably than anywhere you could be. Uh, my biggest concern, I mentioned it yesterday to, to, to my boss, Curtis Danberg, I'd go, Curtis, if we're broadcasting those games and those windows are open, I can't do that. The players are going to be looking up there saying, <laughs> hell up. And, and I, I had a PR director from another team say, he's concerned one of his guys could get thrown out in the game. If, if, <laughs> Angel Hernandez misses a call. Uh -oh. He says something, and Angel yeah. turns around and heaves him out of the park. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, we're all a prisoner of what we do for an occupation, but there's no way I'm going to be able to broadcast a game with the windows open because, you know, <laughs> players don't want to hear me. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes both ways, right, though? We'll be able to hear what they're saying and what they're yelling and, and, and chattering yeah. on, on the field as well, unless, we're, unless they're piping some sort of crowd noise in or, or doing something, right? I, you know, that's a good point, Joe. Maybe they have to do that to, you know, um, break it up, make it yeah. more of an atmosphere. I, I don't know how – I boy, that would make me feel better. I, I can remember, and, and Paul was there. We had a doubleheader once at Old Tiger Stadium. Now, oh. where you guys were, I mean, you were on the yeah, top. Yeah, we were of on the roof, yeah. yeah. Where Herbie and I were, you were literally right at the top. You were in the danger zone, man. Of the day. Yeah, I mean, we had netting in front of our windows to pull up if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And um, because of ball, you were literally like you were at the top of the backstop. It's game one of a doubleheader. Felix Fermina's had like three hits off Frank Tanana. And Tanana was still pretty good. And Felix comes up for a fourth time, and we're so close, and there's nobody in the ballpark. And Frank Tanana says, whoever the catcher was, just tell him what the hell we're going to throw him. It can't be any worse than what we've tried so far. And, I mean, we're laughing. Felix Fermin is laughing because Felix wasn't known for his bat, you know. So that's the stuff we don't get anymore because we're not that close. Uh, you would hear some of that stuff, but I would think there too, Joe and Paul, they got to be worried about what's going to go over the broadcast air, yeah. be it television or radio, 
you know, because these mics are so sensitive now, they pick everything up that, you know, good Lord, pretty soon we've got, you know, a warning label uh, before the game comes yeah. up. Parental advisory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you look at the, uh, some of the, the broadcasts from the Korean Baseball League, it, it's different because you're, you're really not getting those, those same field mic sounds on the, on the yeah. video broadcast uh, that they're doing. And, and they're, you know, the, the commentators are broadcasting from overseas while they're watching right. with us. But I, I noticed the other day, uh, behind the backstop, they had uh, cardboard fans in the seats behind the backstop. So <laughs> yeah, the, right. The yeah. pitchers weren't pitching to no fans in the seats. And that, I mean, that's all in play here. I, could you imagine the advertising possibilities that they're oh going to tie God. in with that? You know, if you've got, you've got guys dressed in, you know, Nike gear or whatever sitting behind the backstop. That's all – that's got to be all in play, right? Good point. We could have John Rocker night. Remember in the playoffs <laughs> in Seattle where he's throwing lemonade yeah. at the fans in the bullpen area? In the bullpen and there's yeah. a riot out there? Yeah. Oh, oh. That's one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, this, this really does, you know, bring up so many different possibilities for, for, for things to just go sideways and, and be – but – you know, it, it makes our, our job a little easier because that gives us a lot to write about if if they do have stuff like this to, to happen. It, and I, you think of it, guys, we're sitting here having fun with it. Think of all the scenarios they have to be thinking of every day and, and stuff that you're not going to think of until the games start. I think their biggest concern is that, that, you know, we got to make sure we know exactly what we're doing and, more importantly, you just can't have the season start and then it have to stop. Right. You know, th- this would be catastrophic financially if you can't get to the playoffs. I mean, let's face it. If you start the season and have to stop, you know, baseball is going to have to wear that. And they, they don't need that. I mean, I love how everybody wants baseball to be the leader and bring, you know, the country together. If you want to, that might be overstating it, but, there's also a lot of pressure on baseball. If you don't do it right, sure. how bad somebody gets ball. sick, somebody then yes. yeah, yep. what do you do? Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, well, let's oh, go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Hammy, I, I wanted to ask you uh, a couple of weeks ago, you made a phone call to uh, an Indians fan. Uh, I think her name is Leanna uh, Renala. Yes. And uh, it was her hundredth birthday. I wonder, you know, how'd that work? And uh, how, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, and, you know, on top of it, she's blind, yeah. you know. And and so for her, you know, her only way to follow the Indians is, is you know, is listening to radio or, or whatnot. And so, you know, those are the things I lost it, unfortunately. But I once had a, a letter written to me in Braille from a, a blind person who talked about that's the highlight of their day is that night's game. And boy, if you were ever feeling tired because you'd gotten in at six in the morning from wherever you were coming from and had a game that night and you're cranky, you know, I'd always look at that letter and go, huh, you've got nothing to complain about. You know, yeah. for me, it was really um, kind of a reminder of why you do this and how lucky we are to do this. And it was the same way with that birthday call. First off, if anybody thinks enough of you to want you to make a call, I'm, I'm always floored by that. And, um, and she was just, just a spitfire. And I mean, <laughs> you know, 
there's a lot of life left in her. And uh, she had her family from all over the country was part of this Zoom call. And, you know, again, we all take it for granted. And I shouldn't say we. You guys probably don't. I do sometimes. You take for granted the job mm-hmm. you have. And you forget sometimes the importance that, you know, we're not doctors. Um, we're not teachers. We're not doing anything of that magnitude that is needed. But sometimes you can bring some levity into a person's life or a respite or whatever you want to term it. And you can never forget that. And and it also makes you feel really honored to be a part of this game. And again, I'm always floored if somebody thinks that much of you to ask you. It was, again, I was honored to make that call. And just, you know, those are the kind of people that make you not become cynical. Well, imagine. I mean, Hoinsey, This is this is a a, a lovely uh, older lady who, who who can't see, whose only accurate depiction of the Indians playing baseball comes in the, yep. the fourth inning when Rosie gets on and and takes over for the the game. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I, I don't know why she had to tell me I suck, <laughs> but you know, other than that, the call went well. <laughs> uh, Tom, just really quickly before we let you go. Uh, how uh, let, let's say it's the middle of August and, and we're playing games and the season's going on. What are you looking forward to, to seeing from this team, from this collection of guys, uh, even if it's for just 82 games this year or 78 games or however many games we get, if we get out on the field, what are you looking forward to seeing from this group of guys? From Mio Reyes. I, I think he's got a chance to be the next, not only star of this team, but his personality his being an extrovert, um, the fact that, you know, he's Hispanic but has learned how to speak English and communicates the way he does. He's got a personality. He's got a sense of humor. He's got big boy power. I think he's got a chance to to become one of Cleveland's favorite athletes. You know, I, I just think he's got all of that in him. If he performs the way everyone thinks, but I also think, he really welcomes that attention. He's, he's, as you guys have noticed, he's a big-time personality that I think we'll see him become a bigger personality in the clubhouse now that he's been here. Tough when you're traded, mm-hmm. you know. And he knows Frankie Lindor. This is Frankie's club, and Frankie's the leader, along with Santana and Ramirez. I mean, this sport has multiple leaders. I, I just think, you know, this is a guy who's just starting to scratch the surface and what we saw in spring training was like, holy cow, I think people forget how good his numbers were a year ago. Yeah, and, really? Uh, you know, we need that, you know, because obviously, you know, it doesn't look like Frankie's going to be here that much longer. And, um, and so you're always looking for that next guy that can, you know, kind of be the leader. I know how big an impact when Eric Hosmer talks about him as a teammate. Eric Hosmer is the leader of the Padres and was of the Royals. But when he talks about Fran Meal the way he did, you're like, ooh, this kid's special. Yeah, he is. That's a good point. Yeah, and uh, obviously the the pitching staff with uh, being led oh. by Shane Bieber and, and, and Mike Clevenger. Can't um, wait to see Class A, too. I'm really excited. Oh, that's right. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. Come on, Harry. Ouch. <laughs> I, you know, doesn't that just infuriate you? I mean – if we're mad about it, can you imagine what the organization thinks? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just, you know, you can 
it's just kind of a lack. I don't know. You know, I've seen where those guys come from, those kids come from, and I don't blame them. Right. But I just wonder when, when, when it happened. You know, did it happen after the trade? Did it happen after he got hurt and he did it right. to, for the healing process? I mean, that's, that's the thing that bothers me, and I don't know. Yeah, and it, it was just you were excited to see him. Right. Um, because, let's face it, those guys, in their own way, um, bring an excitement level that, you know, again, we haven't had for a while. I mean, with him and Karen Chak, in the seventh and eighth innings, followed up by Brad Hand. If they were going to be healthy and pitch to their capability, that had a chance to be one of the most dominant bullpens in the league. And sure. guys now in this shortened season, the loss of Class A to me is more impactful um, than it normally would be. I, I think it's I think it's a mammoth blow. Right. It, it makes guys like your your Phil Matons and your your Hunter Woods guys who are going to have to step yeah. in and, and, and they're going to have to contribute at some point. No question. No so, question. Well, uh, you know, no matter what we get in terms of a season, it, it's going to feel like a warm blanket. The first time we, we turn on the radio and, and hear yeah. you calling a game, Hammy, it's exactly, you are the, the comfort food. You are the, uh, the, the warm hug that, that Cleveland needs right now. Uh, we can't wait for that to happen. Uh, it, it was, it's always a pleasure just to sit and talk to you, um, at any point, but, uh, thank you very much for joining us here on, on, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Let's, uh, let's get going. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Paul. I'm Thanks. such Thanks, big Hammy. fans of your work and I respect you guys so much and I, and thank you. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on And God, have you ever, you know what? I would even go watch a spring training game now. I'll never <laughs> complain about that again. That's it. The Rosie, Rosie would have to keep up with the changes, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, Tom. We'll talk to you again next time on the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks,